You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Jose Young's here at MAFighting.com here with another episode of the A-Side Live Chat. Sitting next to me is, of course, Pizzi Carroll. Pizzi, what's it like to be drunk on a Wednesday? <laughs> well played, sir. Amazing, to be honest. I don't know why more people don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's only 11 o'clock a.m. where I am. It's probably, I don't know what time it is over there for you, but it doesn't really matter. I just assume you're drunk no matter what time of the day it is. It's drinking time every time. <laughs> Someday when Niall is on this show, it's going to be me just trying to coerce this conversation into a not drunken rant about God knows what. You need to get a translator if Noel McGrath does the show. <laughs> That's very true. That is very true. People say, what is Pizzi saying? What's this and that saying? I'm like, man, you don't even know. Pizzi's one of the coherent ones uh, yeah. in this world. <laughs> trained in exactly yeah i've been doing this for years this right. lad doesn't know what's going on yeah so uh people people ask for Nile to be on the show you don't know what you're asking for but of course uh we have a lot of questions this time pizzi i last last episode a week ago we did our end of the year picks and such in this and that didn't get a lot of questions but we did have a great conversation uh a lot of a lot of, i haven't read the questions yet but i'm seeing a lot of questions uh, so without further ado, of course, if you want to ask a question, you can go on MAFighting.com, leave a question in the comment section, or use hashtag the ASAT on Twitter. You can complain about Pizza Carol because apparently that's all you guys want to do. Uh, people think Pizza's one of the meanest men in the media. <laughs> Why is he cursing so much? I don't like it. Very sorry, guys. Uh, just to hope I don't ruin your morning with my foul language. Well, Pizza, you ruin uh... every you ruin everyone's morning whether you speak or not. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And Brian Tucker knows all about that. Hi, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, we're going to jump right into the questions. This one from Zakuko Kegi, longtime commenter, uh, has a lot of a lot of people want to talk about this one. It's kind of generated a little bit of a conversation below his comment. So UFC 246. This card feels like the perfect ESPN card, not a pay-per-view card. And they raised the price. If it wasn't your job, would you still buy this card? Uh, yes, I would, because Conor McGregor is fighting Donald Cerrone, and that is a phenomenal fight. But I'll pull up this card and uh, this fight card in general. I was having this conversation with someone uh, a little while ago that it feels like a boxing card, where it's a very big main event and then a lot of good fights below it, but it's not stacked like we saw UFC 239, uh, UFC 235, even, even UFC 245, UFC 244, and so on and so forth. But the main event is, of course, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone, a non-title fight welterweight bout. Uh, the co-main event is Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington, and then after that, the rest of the main card is Alexi Olenek and Maurice Green, Claudia Gadelia versus Alexa Grasso, and then Anthony Pettis versus Carlos Diego Fajera. That is the main event of the pay-per-view card that they raised the price. So, P.C. Carroll, if it wasn't your job, would you still buy UFC 246? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a reason why this is one of the few cards they've made pay-per-view in the UK and Ireland as well. They they know people are going to pay for it. Like a, a lot of the times, I feel like people get upset with the pay-per-view in the UK and Ireland for UFC because it's just new. We've we've never had to pay for it right. before, so there's always going to be that people kind of pushing against that being brought through. But you know. I saw far more of it when people were asked to pay for Habib v. Dustin and, say, John Jones um, John Jones v. Tiago Santos, I believe they had to pay for two. There was a lot more pushback um, against that. But I guess ever since this model was rolled out, we, we had a good idea that it would be the McGregor fights that we'd be charged for. So I think, I think everybody's happy enough with that. Um, again, the card, the criticism of the card, I can remember similar criticism of 202 before that happened yeah. as well. Um, and that was a, a phenomenal card. And to be honest, I think we can 
get people a bit more interested in some of the fights in this card. Like we've been talking about Tim Elliott v. Askar Askarov oh for, for weeks. I'm so hyped. Ridiculous. I am so hyped for that fight. And that's <laughs> that's, that's on ESPN Plus. That's an early exactly. card. And and a uh, friend of of the channel, uh, Brian Keller, is also fighting on the on the pr- early prelims as well. So I, I feel like that's really good. But even more so at the prelims, Modafferi v Barber is a huge test of experience against the young gun. And we have another one of those, and Andre Feely v uh, Sadiq Yusuf. That's a fantastic fight. Like Yusuf's look insane. Um, he's been on my radar ever since he was a teenager, and he was training in that uh, Lloyd Irvin team. Remember, they were yeah. just uh, all those young guns trained together. And mm-hmm. um, I remember him from back then. He was only sixteen at the time. And also Drew Dober and Nazrat Hakparast. Hakparast has had a huge, huge kind of entry into the UFC. I think he's 3-0. and And I have, like, apart from select few guys like GSP and Rory McDonald, I've never seen Faraz Zahabi saying, this guy is a future world champion. He has said that about Nazrat Hakparast. So I'm very intrigued uh, about the Afghani-born German um, ahead of this fight. Yeah, and even, like, if you look at the the early prelims, like, Sabina Mazo versus J.J. Aldridge is the first fight of the card, and I'm a, I've am been a big proponent of Sabina Mazo, former LFA uh, veteran, and the J.J. Aldridge is, uh, I believe, one of Rose Namajunas' training partners, so uh, does have the loss to Macy Barber, but she was looking really good until she wasn't. I, I remember similar criticism for UFC 242, the Habib... Poirier card, but the yes. main event was Felder Barboza, and then the rest of the card has like uh, Islam Makhachev versus Davi Ramos. Uh, I think well, the Curtis Blades fight was on the main card. That was a really good fight, and then Carlos Diego Fajeda and Tizimov was also on the main card. So that was a that ended up being a really good card. But again, like you you, have, you brought up UFC 202, I believe the co-main event was Rumble Johnson and Glover Teixeira. That fight was like 13 seconds. We had Cowboy Cerrone Rick Story, where he where Cowboy had like that combination finished with a head kick. And then you had, oh, of course, you had, yeah. you had Mike Perry's UFC debut on short notice, and then Tim Mees and Sabah Hamasi, I want to say, by TKO. So that was the main card. That's a really good main card. Uh, didn't look. How great do you remember paper. this stuff off the top of your head? It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I, I always, every week, I'm like, how how is he remembering every fight on the main card? Of these I also that well, years it's ago? I just so people ask me that, and I just remember where I was and who I talked to at media day, and then what my angle was for the fight. So obviously, you've been you've been in, have you been in the T-Mobile Arena? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had the uh, media box seats. I didn't have octagon side for that. So I just remember looking down into the octagon. Uh, for those fights, and I also remember uh, Cody Garbrandt knocked out Takei Mizugaki yeah. faster than Dominic Cruz knocked out Takei Mizugaki, and then he looked up and was like yelling up at Dominic Cruz, who was in the ESP or the Fox booth at the time, uh, and then that also had um, Lorenz Larkin and Neil Magny because Lorenz Larkin just put it beat the soul out of Neil Magny, and then a young upstart named not even a young upstart, a young uh, up in. A young welterweight named Colby Covington fought on the uh, fight pass prelims against Max Griffin, uh, and I think finished him. I don't remember how he. I know he won, but I don't remember how he won. Uh, but that was UFC 202. That was a really good card. So for all we know, in a couple years from now, we'll, we could be talking about Brian Kelleher, Kelleher versus Oscar Askarov. Yeah, Oscar Askarov, Kelleher versus Osborne. Chas Kelly is on this. Uh, Andre Feely, I remember speaking to him at the UFC Phoenix card here, and he said that was February 2019, and he said by the end of 2019 he would be champion. Obviously, it didn't work out because he only had one fight since then. He's on a great role, though, right? He's on a tremendous role. If I believe his last loss, I think he's on a 2-3 fight win streak. I know he has wins over. He beat Miles Durian Phoenix, and then he beat Shaman Moraes in Sacramento on that 
Durant and me, Aspen Lab card, but I believe his last loss was to Michael Johnson, and that was a very close split decision. So he could very well be on a four or five fight win streak. Uh, has that win over uh, the Go Artem Lobov? Has the win, the split decision win over Dennis Bermudez, and then wins over Murray's and uh, Miles Jury, and then has that. I think that loss to Michael Johnson is sandwiched in there, but he could be on a four or five fight win streak. And of course, I don't know if you remember, Max Holloway said Andre Feely was the hardest hitter he ever fought. He said that mm-hmm. leading into the Volkanovski fight. So, good card. I think it's. I still like the comparisons to a boxing card. We have a really stacked. It's a, it's a one fight card. You're you're paying for one fight. You're not paying for five fights. I guess so. Like even though, like I mean, former world champions there, Holly Holm, right? You know, with Anthony Pettis. Like I, I feel that feels a bit more important than you know boxing cards, as you say. I feel like, but I, I guess that the fights just aren't as compelling as some of their previous fights, and that, that's why people aren't really jumping up and down. Well, like, look at the last few fight cards. Like, UFC 245 had, what, three title fights? UFC 244 yeah, okay. had yeah, yeah. two. Like, going back to, I want to say, UFC 240 was the last card that really felt top-heavy, where the main event was Frankie Max and the co-main event was Cyborg and Spencer. And then after that, there were a lot of Canadian fights. And then 241 was obviously stacked. That was the Nate Diaz, Anthony Pettis, uh, Romero. Costa and then the heavyweight champions of the world. Then you had the Abu Dhabi card, and then you had the Melbourne card, and then you had the BMF championship, and then you had the three title fights uh, to end the year. So we had, dating back to August, we've had all these stacked pay per view cards. This one might not be as stacked, but the main event is obviously going to be have massive intrigue. I can't even remember what I had for me lunch. I'm very impressed by you, do you know what? <laughs> I could probably name all the pay-per-view cards of the year, but I won't do that. Uh, but we're gonna let's move. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so there was no pay-per-view in January. That one was canceled. But they had the first ESPN card. That was Cejudo Dillashaw was the ESPN Plus card. That was also Paige Van Zandt's last card. Greg Hardy fought. Donald Cerrone fought. Uh, Alexander Hernandez on that card. February was supposed to be Robert Whitaker and Kelvin, uh, but then Robert Whitaker fell out. So then it was uh, Anderson Silva versus Israel Adesanya. March was the John Jones Anthony Smith. Uh, I. Uh, that also had Cody Garbrandt versus Munoz, uh, Askren versus Lawler. Uh, who's the co-main event with that? Of that? Oh, that was Kamaru and Tyron Woodley. That was when Kamaru beat Tyron Woodley. That was March. April was. All right, got it. April was two thirty-six. That was Israel Adesanya and Kelvin and Holloway versus Poirier. That was the Atlanta card. Then where Sean El had to sleep on a couch for like the first. Uh, day because his hotel was like messed something up, so he didn't have a hotel room. May oh, was yeah, <laughs> May was Rose Andrade, and then Anderson Cannonier, Aldo Volkanovski, BJ Penn, Clay Guida. I actually didn't watch that card because it was the same day as the uh, Patricio Pitbull, Michael Chandler, MVP Douglas Lima card in Chicago. So I went to that one. Uh, June was two thirty eight. That was Cejudo, Marlin, Ferguson, Cerrone. Uh, Valentina, Jessica, I like that card. I think that had the most top t- fifteen ranked fighters of all in one on one card ever. A lot. Of, Joanne Calderwood was on that card against uh, Kyle Chukagian. Uh Just get to get to the get to the goddamn events here, so we can keep testing you on this. Two thirty nine. Two thirty nine was Joe and Santos, uh, Nunez, Home, um, Masvidal, uh, Askren, Rockhold, Jan Vlachowicz, uh Edmund Shabazian was on that card. Uh, 240 was Holloway, Edgar, Cyborg, Spencer. 241 was the heavyweight championship of the world. And then Nate Diaz 
uh, Pettis, Romero, Costa. 242 was the Habib Poirier card. 243 was the Melbourne card. That was Izzy, Robert Whitaker, uh, Dan Hooker, Ayakinta. 244 was BMF between Masvidal and Nate Diaz. Uh, and then Kelvin Till was the co-main event. And the 245 was the three title fights between Usman, Covington, uh, Nunez, Durandamy, and Holloway, Volkanovski. Jesus Christ. That was that was pretty impressive. Wow. My God. Imagine if you would have done that to me and it was just me staring at the camera for 10 minutes like this. Right. It happens. It happens. <laughs> it happens, my friend. It's been like, there's been, I don't know. When was, the, was there, there was a, was there a January card at, in 2018? I don't honestly remember because it's been it's been are, a while. Are you kidding me? I don't like again. I don't know what happened yesterday. All right, <laughs> it's gone. All right, it's only right now. That's that's all I have. Because I think because UFC 207 was the Ronda Amanda Nunes card. That was in December 2016, 17. I can't remember the year. But then there was no pay per view January because they wanted Bisping to headline that in Southern California. And then 208 was the Brooklyn card between Holly Holm and Durandamy and Anderson Silva, Derek Brunson. So, like, they skipped that January. So, they skipped January a lot is what I'm trying to say. Because they right. usually stack the end of the year and they run out of, they run out of uh, headliners. Because, like, that... Usually, did they not used to always do Boston in January around the football weekend? Oh, 220. Weekend. That's right. UFC 220 was uh, DC and Ganu and... Oh, DC uh, uh, Vulcan and, and Ganu Stipe. That was in January. Uh, you're right, but that, that so that was UFC 220. So uh, then UFC 219 was the Holly Holm uh, cyborg, and then Habib uh, Edson Barbosa card. Yeah, that was in December. I think it was always a good time to do them in um, in January there, of course, because of New England Patriots and stuff. But uh, right. not so much this year, right? That <laughs> doesn't bother me. It might, it'll bother Sean Shotty. I'm not. A oh, Patriots I wasn't trying to take shots. I wasn't trying to take shots. Doesn't bother year. me, man. But anyway. <laughs> We're going to move right along. We could talk about PT's uh, terrible memory for the rest of time, but more questions <laughs> from Seely Axe. First time commenter, I believe, on the site. If Jorge loses his next fight, will he have to fight Edwards? Well, he doesn't have to do anything. Uh, I also think Leon Edwards is already, already tied to that Tyron Woodley fight, so if he, if he maybe if they both lose, like if he loses to Woodley and Masvidal loses whoever his next fight is, maybe. But if he loses, well, I don't imagine he's going to fight Edwards next. I bet he fights Colby Covington next if he comes up short uh, because they would both be coming off losses or maybe he rematches Nate Diaz. So, no, I don't think he has to fight Edwards. Do I want that fight? I like that fight a lot, but I don't think he has to do anything. There's a lot of other fights for him to take. It's a lot of thing, uh, things that people don't really understand that much about Leon Edwards. Um, there was a lot of hype building up in the UK about a potential fight between him and Till for a while. But as soon as Till lost, he was like, I'm no longer interested. He's lost all his momentum. I'm after rankings. I'm after the belt. I don't care. If you lose, you're you're out of my you're off my uh, you're out of my crosshairs. You know what I mean? And I think that's a really legitimate and uh, sporting way to look at things. You know, it's not about uh, generating interest for Leon, as you can probably guess. <laughs> but it, like I I think that's it's about meritocracy for him. If you're winning, if you're at the top of the division, he wants to fight you. If you're not, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, so even if, but, uh, a win, as long as he's winning, he's going to stay relevant, which I think he, we're, I know we're going to talk about it later, but he said he, he would take the shot against, fight against Connor over Usman. I think if you're Mazudal, you, you see Connor as an easier fight stylistically uh, than fighting Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman's bigger, he's a wrestler, he might, he's not going to generate as, it's basically higher risk, lower reward to fight Kamaru Usman. Mm. And he said the belt's always going to be there. He doesn't have to fight Usman for the belt, he'll fight whoever. So he wants to fight Conor McGregor, but 
Connor has to win first. If he loses, I think we're both in agreement that Nate Diaz trilogy fight is most logic is logically the one that makes sense if Connor does lose to Donald Cerrone. But I don't I don't expect that to happen. I I'll we'll we'll, we'll wait for our preview show when we're both in Las Vegas uh, doing this show, which I cannot cannot wait to do. Uh, but no, I like but uh, that fight is not even booked between Ty and Woodley, right? Like that's just all hearsay at this point. Yeah, I mean. I, we we were talking about on Eurobash early December. We heard that it was either going to be Woodley or Edwards or Hermanson or Till, and uh, I think two weeks ago Mike Bond said it was it reported as in the works. Um, and then of course Leon came out and he, how dare he abuse Tyron Woodley's ill Rap spitting career. game? You can't do that, my friend. If he's dropping bars like that, you've got to stand off for a second. Like you know, Slag is fighting ability. Slag. <laughs> Slag everything, but don't, don't attack his rap music, or else he may not fight you in London. Yeah, he That's spits. A big threat. Time only has spits venom, and apparently Leon Edwards made fun of it. So, but then, can I ask you just one question about shoot. his his, uh, his venomous rap? Um, <laughs> I'm wondering about is that a real thing? Um, him doing that, the take his horse to the old whatever it is, take the old town road. I saw a version of that with Randy Couture singing the chorus and Tyron rapping in between and and randy's like i'm gonna take my horse to the octagon and i nearly i nearly disappeared i cringed so much like was i mean that I, I, for the world mma awards because i know they do skits oh thank i, I think so. i don't remember <laughs> because i know ben Askren did a baby <laughs> shark did a baby shark parody and they ended up yeah. talking crap about dylan danis I don't honestly know, but that sounds terrible from from Someone everything. Someone just sent me during a day, and I was like, I can't. I don't. Maybe maybe it was Leon actually. Me Leon posted it, and that's what the rap that he chose to diss. But I always say that the only one of those skits that was ever worth its weight in gold was Cormier and uh, his love of of chicken. Yeah, that was my favorite. I think it was cake. Oh what? Oh yeah. Sorry. What was the rap? I don't remember. Oh. I don't know. Sorry, can you sing Old Town Road for all of our view listeners? Can you sing? I don't Old Town know the Road? words. You're though. lying. You're lyrics, obviously I lying. I got the. I I I remember that Randy was doing it like it was a fight themed one though. It wasn't the lyrics of the song. Everybody <laughs> watching or listening to this after the fact, can you tweet at Pizza Carol that he's a liar and clearly knows the words to Old Town Road by Lil Nas? I don't X even know who's. What's his name? Lil, Lil who? Lil Nas X. I thought it was a Tyron Woodley song to be honest. You thought Tyron Woodley wrote Old Town Road. <laughs> No, I didn't know your man's name though. Like best look to my man's name. That's funny. Lil Nas X is a cool cat though. He seems like a, he seems like a fun guy to hang out with. Anyway, moving I know right along. Nothing about the man. From Lodovic, what's up with you? Oh. Long time Legend. commenter. Legend, the legendary Lodovic. And Matt the Donk uh, threw his threw a question in too. What's up with UFC titles? Middleweight. Izzy wanted to be an active champion, fight three or four times a year, yet we're three months away from his last fight, and he has nothing announced. What's going on there? Welterweight. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we're, we're going to go down. So, middleweight. What's up with Izzy not fighting right now, Pizza Carol? Last I heard, uh, he wanted to fight Romero in March. I assume he's holding out for more money, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I would guess so. Like, the guy is, like, really active. <laughs> I just feel like it's very harsh to be like, what are you doing, mate? Hurry up and fight. Uh, he wouldn't be the one I'd say that about, but... Uh, who's who's yeah, rushing to fight Romero? Fans. Like, the fact that he's calling out Romero yeah. should be enough for fans to get hyped. Yeah, man. Like, that's an awful fight for him. Like, that's that's the one fight, if you could pick a single person in the division and go, do you know what I think is going to be tricky? That's the one fight. So, um you know, fair play to him for even entertaining it. Like, he could easily say, look, 
Romero's coming off a loss. I have no interest in that. Um, so whenever that fight happens, I'm ready to watch it. And um, I'm pretty sure that Adesanya isn't going to get to the stage where he hasn't competed in a year or something like that. I just don't expect that to happen with him. Yeah, if he's he'll fight by, before the summer, and then he'll probably fight two, three more times after that, depending on physically how, how he comes out. Because, like, again, Jorge Masvidal said it perfectly. You fight... Yoel Romero, you're physically never the same again. So, I know Izzy wants to be an active champion, but let's let's see how he physically is after fighting Romero first. Uh, welterweight is Masvidal next, or are we waiting for Woodley versus Edwards to play out? I think if you're Usman, you want Masvidal to be next, right? One hundred percent. As we've said for the last three, four weeks, this everything is hinged on January eighteenth. Um, if Connor wins, Masvidal might want that fight first, like. If Connor wins again, like we need to remember how much clout this guy has if he's in a good position. I mean, more powerful than any fighter probably in the history of the organization 100%. in terms of what what he can make them do, what he can what he what he can architect for himself. So, you know, I feel like the welterweight title picture, um, we'll probably move on. Uh, we'll we'll know what's going on after January eighteenth. But uh, yeah, I think if Connor loses. Masvidal fights Usman. If Conor wins, there's going to be a lot of talk of, of Conor and uh, Masvidal. I don't know if it will happen. Um, and maybe if Conor wins, Usman will fight Edwards if, if he gets through uh, Tyron Woodley. But I do think that that's the fight to make, right? Leon Edwards versus uh, Tyron Woodley. Like, that, that, that seems to be a perfect fight. In, in, amidst all the confusion, that's a good fight to make. I agree. And then we always have Colby Covington returning at some point. I know his jaw is wired shut, so he probably won't be fighting until late 2020 if he fights at all this year. So there's a lot when of... He, when he returns, he's going to have a huge impact. It's going to uh -huh. really shake things up. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Just depending on when he re-enters that situation, regardless of the loss, he's going to really shake things up. And then for all we know, Nick Diaz is going to return. And then we have another wrench thrown into the cog. Uh, Bantamweight, do you actually, do you think they actually give Aldo the next shot? I hope not. I agree. Um, you know, I love Jose Aldo. I think he's a genius. Um, the greatest featherweight ever, you know. Um, I thought he was brilliant against Marlon. I think, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about the guy, but it just doesn't make sense to do things like this you know yeah and i know uh i believe it's damon has a piece coming out with marlon Moraes where marlon kind of spock uh talks about it uh jose aldo calling out henry cejudo and henry cejudo wanting to fight jose aldo so it doesn't it's a weird situation for the peter yans and the aljamain sterlings and the marlon Moraes. even Corey sandhagen has, will probably have a fight uh late early spring late like the the early spring late winter uh it's a little bit. It's a little. It would be disappointing if Josie. I mean, I like that fight as a martial arts competition. Like I like Aldo. Versus oh yeah. Aldo. Oh stop. Yeah. I brilliant. love that fight, but I don't want it to happen. I want Jose Aldo to fight uh, Uriah Faber uh, rematch at bantamweight, or I know our cameraman extraordinaire Casey Lydon will want uh, who he calls the most intimidating. Have you heard what? He, have you heard this? The most no. intimidating fighter on the UFC roster, Ryan Hall. That is what Casey Lydon calls Ryan Hall because no, I'll let him explain it to you, but he wants Ryan Hall to fight 
uh, Ryan Hall to fight Jose Aldo next, which I like that fight too. Probably won't happen. That, he called him out right with Damon. Damon yeah. did the interview with Ryan. Yeah, uh, like, it was like, it was he, Ryan Hall co- uh, took to Instagram and called out Frankie oh. Edgar and jo- Jose Aldo. Uh, I like both of those fights. Neither of those fights are probably going to happen because uh, Ryan Hall is, as Casey Lydon says again, the most intimidating fighter on the UFC roster. Well, you know, I don't want to disagree with Casey because he already beats me regularly yeah. and I have to see him next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been conditioning my body by mm-hmm. getting my friends to attack me with sticks, yep. but I, I'm still not comfortable to disagree with him. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, there's a difference between sticks and Casey's fists, though. Casey's fists are much harder. <laughs> he, he uses weapons as well. <laughs> yeah, they're called his shins. Uh, light heavyweight, what's next for John Jones after his inevitable win over Dominic Reyes? <laughs> that's a little disrespectful but okay I I feel like the division has to do something if, if he, they want them to stick around there like the Lloyd heavyweight needs to they need to make something happen really I know it's it's a bad thing to say but what well, I can't see a reason why he wouldn't go to heavyweight after after this next one and I kind of expect it to happen because you can only say something so many times before people actually just go you know what just stay where you are mate like you know and I feel like it's been flirted with for way too long. And I just feel like at this stage, there's no one that you're you're going like, oh, he's going to have real trouble with this guy. Maybe a lot of people were at the maybe more casual fans are getting excited about Johnny Walker and stuff on his ascent. Yeah. But look what Corey Anderson did to him. Like, I think if Anderson beats Jan, like if people actually listen to Anderson, they would be compelled to that fight because I am. I, th- I think it's a, it's a very good fight. But I just feel as though Corey, um, you know, I feel like if he's going to do it and and kind of obscure anyone else's title shot, it would probably be Corey on the wrong end of that and, and John going to heavyweight, you know, unfortunately. I think if Corey beats Jan, similar to how he beats Johnny Walker, I think we could get that fight between Corey Anderson and John Jones, oh, especially yeah. because That's Corey, a tough An- ask. Corey Anderson's been talking a lot of greasiness at John Jones. He Remember, he showed up at that autograph signing in New York. Okay. So the seeds have been planted. Uh, he, he, he had a great... Great scrum backstage after UFC 244 in New York. Brilliant. After he finished Johnny Walker, he was getting very emotional. So I think if Corey Anderson wins and says the right things and generates enough buzz, because like you and I said, after that Johnny Walker fight, Corey Anderson was the one we both wanted to fight John Jones. And Casey Absolute. said the same thing at, on Coffee Talk. Like, Corey Anderson is the one people are talking about. Like, Dominic Reyes might be a more exciting fighter, but people are talking about Corey Anderson, how he just barreled over. Uh, Johnny Walker. Uh, when Casey Esther and I went to the Dominance MA Media Day, Corey Anderson had the best interview of that day. It was brilliant. Because, like we interviewed Kelvin, Kamaru, Marlon, Justin Gaethje, Cody Garbrandt, Ali. Like Corey Anderson had the best interview that day. And I remember after that interview, Casey was like, "Wow, I am sold on that Johnny Walker fight now." So if if Corey Anderson wins, I like that fight. And then I think if John Jones. I would obviously favor John Jones against Dominic and Corey Anderson. John Jones beats those two. There's no one left in the division that I can think of outside of Johnny Walker string together a few more wins. Then go up to heavyweight. Fight Rumble Johnson at heavyweight. You guys never got that at light heavyweight. Might as well fight at heavyweight, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with it all. Like, I mean, Johnny, Johnny's unfortunately has been knocked down uh, considerably. Yeah. Uh, he he has a big client ahead of him to get back to the top of that mountain. So. There's no point in me saying, "Yeah, John, stick around here for four fights." You know, like it, I'd love to see the Corey fight. I'd be disappointed if he didn't fight Corey. Uh, I think Corey's star- story is tremendous from where he's come to where he is now is is unbelievable. So, uh, I'd love to see that fight. But um, yeah, I think I think I think John is going to heavyweight maybe in the next year. 
Well, thanks for the question, Lodovic. He said, thanks. Legend. He said, thank you. Long live the scissors. Oh, thank you. Sorry. I was just I was just reading something about embargoes and what have you there. Oh, so uh, I got lost a oh, little bit. Oh, my. All right. Let's see. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Connor above featherweight. If Connor loses to Cowboy, and then this is from a, a longtime commenter, Trumbo. If Connor loses to Cowboy, then despite then despite winning the lightweight belt, his record after leaving featherweight will be two and three. He had a large size and reach advantage at featherweight, and his power translated there, but but they're much heavier, allowing him to finish fights early. His conditioning and cardio issues played no role at featherweight in his run there. My question is, if Connor finishes his career as a less than 500 fighter above featherweight, would it be fair to say that featherweight is, was the division where he was an elite fighter? And above featherweight, he's an extremely talented fighter, but not an all-time great. If he loses to Cowboy and then say Nate in, and then loses to Nate in the trilogy and retires, what does his legacy look like? Undefeated at featherweight, one and one at lightweight, and one and three at welterweight. Very interesting question, Trumbo. We talk a lot about Connor being this great fighter and so on and so forth. I don't, I don't know anyone calling him the greatest lightweight of all time. Uh, he's obviously one and or what one and one at welterweight right now. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, so if he yeah. loses to uh, Nate again and he loses to Cowboy, he'd be one three welterweight, and he's one and one at lightweight, losing to Habib, who's undefeated, and then throwing a perfect game against Eddie Oliver. So, for as much as we hate seeing Connor on the scale at featherweight, as Trumbo presents it, is featherweight the right division for him, considering that's where he clearly had the most success in his career? Here's the thing. Um... We thought Connor was done with featherweight before he signed with the UFC. Really? Uh, he he fought Ivan Butchinger, and that was a short notice thing. He was meant to defend his cage warriors featherweight title. Um, Jim Ayler's pulled out, who was he was meant to defend it against, and they made the vacant 55 title against Butchinger. Now, when he fought Butchinger, he looked unbelievable. If you haven't watched that fight, it's that beautiful left hook mm-hmm. um, that he knocks him out with dead. And Butchinger's a serious, serious piece of work. Um and after that, Connor, Connor, as far as I knew, was hoping to stay at 155. And I can remember I interviewed him. So that fight was on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. or around then. And in February, it still hadn't been announced that he'd be making his debut in April. And when I, I was talking, saying like, you know, he didn't know it was going to happen because, you know, there was a few things and blah, blah, blah. Those few things turned out to be the UFC wanted to sign him as a featherweight and he wanted to be a lightweight. Interesting. So... Yes, so he came into the UFC as a featherweight, obviously obliterates Marcus Brimage, and then the UFC are like, okay, we need this guy to stay a featherweight, you know what I mean? Because they could see that he was stimulating all these kinds of interest. But um, I will say that Connor's best cut to featherweight is one of the ones that's most disputed. Uh, one of the ones that people were like, oh, look at the stadium. It was against Aldo. Yeah. Um, and, well, I think actually... Seaver in Boston was a pretty bad one, but the one against Aldo, he had brought in Lockhart. Yeah. And um, that was the first time that SBG or any of their fighters had got an elite nutritionist in. And he made that with so much ease. I think he could have stayed a featherweight for even longer. But I think at that stage, he was, you know, he was he had won that belt. He wanted to go onto new pastures, get some new uh, silverware. But um, it's amazing that, like, look, based on the numbers you're giving us there, uh, look, he absolutely like one of the one of the greats at featherweight. But uh, if he had his way, it wouldn't have happened at all. Maybe you know that's uh, interesting. I think. Would you put Connor third as greatest featherweight after Aldo and Holloway? Um, 
Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess his greatest contribution to, to the featherweight division um, was the knockouts, making it hot um, yeah. and, and really putting a spotlight in that division because until him, I can never remember uh, that many casual supporters being interested in that division. I think he really allowed these lighter weight divisions to be um to really thrive and 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 stimulated them ac- across the board because even like the 35 champion is talking about connor the 55 champion everything around it even though 55 has always been a great division mm-hmm. um i think he's one of the greats look like he hasn't had the best run in the last year he's he's had bad things go on outside the octagon but connor mcgregor's a name that we're never going to forget in this sport you like he'll be so synonymous with this sport until the end of time, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably gone out as one of the great fighters in, in MMA history, you know what I mean? Without a doubt, even though he is the third third best featherweight. <laughs> well, I think he's... Well, there, I think when you break down greatest fighter, you really have to break it down between like greatest fighter in terms of actual ability, ability and then yeah. prize fighter. There's not been a better prize fighter than conor mcgregor like win or lose you want to watch that man fight in terms of actual fighting ability inside the octagon i wouldn't put him as the greatest featherweight lightweight welterweight or whatever i maybe top 10 talented but in terms of prize fighting he's probably number one i can't think of anyone like ronda's up there brock lesnar chael Sonnen. like these aren't the greatest most talented but you pay a lot of money at the end of the day you pay money to watch these guys fight it's, Even Ben Askren was a great prize fighter. Like he might not have been the most talented, but you wanted to see him fight. Amazing, yeah. Um, but I do feel as though um, because he hasn't got that win since 2016, that initial run is overlooked to some degree. You know, yeah. like um, you know, it hasn't been the greatest run for Connor. Look, uh, we don't know where he's at really until we're going to see him against Cerrone. But that initial run in the UFC was unbelievable. Like, I mean. <clears throat> It was the sporting moment of a whole generation in yeah. this country. You know what I mean? It was insane. I mean, and it I captured people- America by storm. I mean, I I remember during the like the NFL playoffs that were on Fox, like they were showing Conor McGregor commercials of him hyping his fight against Dennis Seaver, and like I'm watching this these highlight these these previews, and on there like they're building up Dennis Seaver to be like this world class world beater that could steamroll over Conor. And I'm what are like, you trying Dennis, to say? Dennis Seaver is a is a great <laughs> fighter. He's very talented. He his kicks are his kicks are great. As my voice cracks, I didn't think he was going to be Conor McGregor. And all of a sudden, all of my friends who are tuning in to watch the Patriots yeah, yeah, yeah. are like, "Can Conor beat Dennis Seaver?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, he can absolutely beat Dennis Seaver." Are you kidding me right now? Like to go from like who did he, who did he beat Dustin Poirier? And then he fought Dennis Seaver. Like, I thought Dustin Poirier was a harder fight. Like, would have been a harder fight than Dennis Seaver. And people were, like, building up Dennis Seaver to be this, this like, this force of nature. And then all of a sudden, he does that to Jose Aldo. I'm like, I got, I got nothing to say. That, like, Connor in that stretch of time was, was something to behold. I, I had to stop, like, going for, like, a pint in my local pub because I'd just be inundated. Like, there'd be, like, a circle around you. What's going on? What's he doing? What and he's just like, I can't, I can't fucking do this anymore. You know That's what I mean? why this I is... don't watch, like, the last time I watched a mixed martial arts event in a bar was Ronda versus Betch Cohea. But we don't like, get to do it because that's 6 a.m., you know what I mean? Right. So it's just me going to the pub, like, six months out from a Conor fight, oh and it's God. that crazy. Like, it was insane. It was insane. Like, honestly, it was insane. Like, never happened again. Well, like, when Ronda fought, obviously, the world stopped 
yeah. to watch her fights. But like I remember going to a bar for the Ronda Betchkohei fight, and people were like, "Do you think Ronda can beat Betchkohei?" I'm like, "I think so. I think so, guys." And then people were like, "When is Kimbo Slice fighting?" I'm like, "That dude died, man. Like, <laughs> Jesus. come on. Like, when Brock Lesnar fighting? I'm like, he's not even in the UFC anymore. Like, this is these are the ty- those were the type of fans that would come out for Ronda Rousey fights over here. Like, they would just want to like people would be like, ah, get stand him up. Like, why is like or the best was that that card both of the Nogare brothers fought. Like, uh, Big Nog fought Stefan Struve, and I think Little Nog fought Shogun on that card at UFC 190. And then someone was like, this guy just fought earlier on the card because they're twins. So they fought, they thought Noguera fought twice in one night. And I was like, they, they have t- different tattoos, guy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, anyway, I could talk about nonsensical American MMA fans all day. But we're going we're gonna to hop over to Twitter. Sean Denny from Denny Rants. Hashtag the A-side on Twitter if you want, want to see your question. What are the high points and low points of MMA media room food? How do they fuel the media? So, Pizzi, I don't know how they do it in Europe. What's the food? What's the food scene over there? Um, they always make sure they have seventeen different types of potatoes for me because they know I'll just leave if they don't have boiled, mash, roast, gratin, everything. I want to see every single potato you can make in that country, and uh, that's pretty much as far as I go, Sean. You know what I mean? After the spuds, nothing else for me to do really. Um, and if if the spuds aren't up to scratch, I just leave immediately. That's that's why I've always done it. Yep. But thank God that MMA fighting understand. Pizza Carol loves his potatoes, everyone. Uh, <laughs> T-Mobile Arena used to give us food vouchers. That was kind of annoying. So we'd have to go to like the actual concession stands with like a $15 hey, thing. I, I can remember Ariel Hawani being sent Oh, out. I dude, know. I like, went out there with dude, him. The it's dude's a nightmare. on the broadcast. Yeah. And he's like inundated trying to eat a, a burger or something. You're like, yeah. this is crazy, man. I remember what one the... time I went and he's like, Jose, can you go get me my food? I can't. I, I don't want to be I this guy. I, he's like, <laughs> I can't go to the concourse without being mobbed by fans. I was like, yeah, I got you. But now at the T-Mobile Arena, they not only do they have food, they have like two different courses. It's kind of nice. I don't know yeah. if you were at UFC. Were you at UFC 194, the Aldo McGregor card? Yes, yeah. Do you remember they had the three cards in three days? Yeah, and the, and first, the Cosmo. Remember the Cosmo? That's what I was about to say. The first down. night of the Cosmo, someone messed up the the catering, so they they was got that what like it was? yeah, so they got like prime rib and lobster lobster bisque and like flatbread pizzas and like a carving station. I remember Dana White coming in and be like, "What is this? Why are we spending so much on the media?" And then the next day, I think that was the uh, the Paige Van Zant Rose card. Oh no, that or that might have been Frank Edgar. Uh, Chad Mendes, I get the days confused because those happen back to back. And then the next day, it was like deli sandwiches. It was. It's very funny you say this because if you can imagine, that fight was huge. That was Connor at the height of his power, mm-hmm. and we had loads of um, really famous, like well-known writers from Ireland coming over to foil for the papers. And um, they, of course, weren't interested in Frankie and Mendes at the Cosmo. They didn't give a crap. But I walked in and I saw the food and I sent a picture to them. And next of all, there was 15 Irish media guys outside. Well, at UFC, at the Israel Adesanya, Brad Tavares card, that was at the Palms. Uh, that was the Ultimate Fighter finale. They had they would give like boxes of food. Oh, so nice. like you'd go I in, like there would that. be stacks of boxes of like sandwiches. And then all of a sudden, like there were some media people, like like you said, newspaper guys that didn't care about the tough finale. They just cared about uh, the DC Stipe Miocic fight, the next one. And all of a sudden, they bring out a sushi cart, Ooh. and I take I I I'm WhatsApping a bunch of photos to like the canadian and like hispanic media and they're like i'll be right there and then they're just there they don't even cover the fight they're just there for the food 
Vegas is expensive, man. Vegas is expensive. <laughs> All right, moving on from MMA duration at MMA duration. Uh, do you think Masvidal and Covington will fight this year? I say no. I say no as well because Usman and McGregor are there at play. If if McGregor loses at, at, uh, against Cerrone, which I don't think is going to happen, um, I think it's better chance of it happening then, right? Because then yeah. you can go. I think if if Masvidal fought Usman and he beats Usman, the UFC would have no problems in making Masvidal v Colby because of the traction it would probably produce. I think, especially if they if they do make Israel versus Yoel, and then they'll have a precedent, and they can off they go. And next of all, Cejudo will be matched with Aldo, and everything else will be happening like that. Well, also, who knows when Covington's going to fight again? I mean, his jaw is wired shut right now. Oh, so shit, he, yeah, okay, he might yeah. not. He might fight once in 2020, so who knows who, who will fight. But no, I don't think that fight's happened. Uh, from Gerardo at JC Dulos 1. Interesting question here, Pete would you rather mm-hmm. take one clean punch from Nganu for $5 million or one clean head kick from Edson Barbosa for $1 million? I'd take the dig. I would, because he doesn't say where Nganu's punching me. Is he punching I'll me in the, the head or is he punching me in like the leg? Wherever, like, I'll, I'll eat it. Well, if, <sighs> well, if Nganu punches me in the head, I'm going to die. So I'll if it's grand. like if I'm taking a punch from Nganu or a head kick from Barbosa, I'd probably take a head kick from Barbosa because I'll probably go to bed. But Ngana will, like, kill me. <laughs> I'm just eating the Ngana dig. I'm just taking it. If so he, it's like, like, but if Ngana, like, punches me in the ribs, I might break a lung or puncture me. Break you know a lung! <laughs> like, Ngana might stop my heart if he punches me in the chest. But if he punches me in the leg, whatever. Punch me yeah. in the leg. Just give me a dead leg, yeah. yeah. Ah, worst but, like, Ngana punching me in the chest could kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But I just want to be able to say I did it. I want to, uh, no, oh, I don't sure. actually, because then everyone's gonna be like Francis Punch Pete <laughs> next time you see him. <laughs> um, but Barbosa is terrifying. Like I feel like, like that's gonna be. <sighs> just imagine looking at them going like, right, go, and they're like bouncing <laughs> on the smart. They're like, oh no. Um, you know, you speak logic. I think it is the Barbosa. Just like for the future generations of the Carols, I think that's probably the best way to go. Uh, from John Baltz, long-time, tw- uh, long-time listener. He always tweets about us and he tweets us. Clearly, Pizza Carroll knows the words to Old Town Road and Old Town Road, and wisely didn't sing them because he didn't want Lil Nas X's publishers coming after MMA Fighting's YouTube channel. So, exactly. yes, thank you. That's fair. Uh, Alex <laughs> K. Lee. The words there. <laughs> Alex K. Lee tweets: Check out Jose Young's rattling off dates and details of events off the top of his head. Hashtag the A side. Man, those crystals must really work. J.K. Crystals are stupid. You're stupid, Ooh, Alex. What? And now then, that's far, no, Alex, that's personal. That's getting personal with us now. You can't. And in the into it, man. In the reply, though, Mike Bond of MMA Junkie writes: Child's play. Still waiting for details on the trivia challenge. Mike Bond. You don't want you don't want that man. I call I told I talked to Ariel once because Ariel does like the the trivia game show between fighters. I'm like ah right, dude, I'll we should have MMA fighting MMA junkie because I think me and Bond would go after don't each other. Yeah, you would don't be useless. You would be very useless. But I think I could carry some carry the load, and I think me and Bond would go after. I I've been calling out Bond for a trivia challenge for a long time. So Casey be good at that as well, actually. Casey and Esther Casey would be good, be good at that. Casey would be good. Someone asked us if both sides got in a fight, like a battle royale, who would win? Uh, just like literally put me in there with the MMA junkie lads and just carve them all up. That's, I said that, but I also said Casey would all probably also help. Casey would probably use you as a weapon. 
He could use pick me. you up. Listen, Casey can use me to do whatever he wants. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Niall McGrath says, PT stole my microphone. It's a true story, actually, yeah. But uh, I gave him a career, so what do you, you know, I think it's a fair trade. Oh, Damon Martin also throws his name in the hat on our site. goes, I will crush it MMA trivia. So, yeah, I think me and Damon, Shit, yeah, Damon, would, I think me and Damon would dominate that. Uh, Just Joseph, leave me outside that. <laughs> Joseph Corbally? Cor- Cor- Corbally, Corbally, uh, yeah. He, he responds to Niall, yeah, but you could just steal a lane to be fair. I'm sure he'll give it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually afraid to, uh, to let Elaine be around Noel, such as his sexual prowess. Ew. And just, he, he, elu- he exudes a sexual energy that, you know what I mean? I don't think she'd be able to control herself. So I've been keeping her away from him for a long time, and he's dead right, Joseph. That's, I 100% agree with you. I mean, like, have I you ever been around Noel McGrath? He's one of the sexiest men in the world. Like, I mean, he's up, he's up there, but I think anyone standing next to you is one of the sexiest men in the world. I'm just being honest. Well played. Well played. <laughs> is this, who is this? Okay, uh, from another question, Joseph Cor- How do you pronounce his last name? Corbally? Corbally? No, don't do You see, that's the, the mistake you always make when you overpronounce things. It's Corbally. Corbally. Moving on. Well, I want to be polite because I don't like what people call me. Hey, Corbally. What's your Ew. question, sir? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Well, with Arnold Allen losing his opponent, will he get his rightful spot on the London card? And if so, who oh, should his opponent be? Rebook it. Just do Emmett v. Arnold Allen in London. I agree. I, I've been saying that since the word go. I mean, if Emmett's able to turn around in eight weeks, that's a perfect fight for London. That's I do. Someone named Stuart Tuck, Tuckwell asked pretty much the exact same question. He said, I would like to see Arnold Allen versus Shane Burgos in London. That would be a brilliant fight. That's a great fight. and Especially with... Um, Arnold Allen had fought uh, had fought Americani to a split yeah. decision a couple of years ago, and then um, you know Burgos destroyed Americani really in his last out in their MSG. So I think that that's a good fight, yeah, definitely. And Burgos is a great fight to watch as well. That's a very tricky puzzle for Allen to solve. Allen versus Calvin Cater would also be a really good fight, but Calvin Cater's coming off a loss. Uh, from Andy Stevenson, would Conor McGregor benefit from switching to a different Irish gym? I couldn't do that. Like I no mean, way. That's it. Someone like, replies, imagine the absolute mayhem that would cause. Oh, there'd be people screaming in the streets for weeks. Um, no, like, I mean, if, if he was ever going to go, <clears throat> the prob- like the thing about Ireland is, um, when people started suggesting this, like, he needs to get out of Ireland, it was when he was bigger than, like, you know, he's bigger than Jesus here. Like, I mean, <laughs> pe- no, you know what I mean? They, yeah, yeah. they lose their fucking minds. Like, I've been around him when he's walking around Dublin. It's crazy, man. It, it feels like... I feel like when you're that much of a celebrity um, in your hometown, um, there's a mi- there a million reasons why you shouldn't go training, right? You can do absolutely anything you want. You have the keys to the city. Um, so I think if, if he was ever going to leave, it would be to leave Ireland, you know? I agree. Uh, but I don't think that's ever going to happen anytime soon. I mean, he brought uh, John Kavanaugh and Artem were in his corner to fight Floyd, like John Kavanaugh is like a jiu-jitsu coach, and Artem is a 500 MMA fighter. And they were in his corner to fight the greatest boxer of our generation. Like, Owen Roddy, I get. Owen Roddy is a phenomenal boxing coach. But, like, I did not understand why John and uh, Artem were in that corner. But Connor's loyal. So, I mean, it didn't surprise me. It confused me. They all just wanted those sweet waistcoats, I'd say. (laughs) That was, those, that was a nice outfit. Uh, another question from Stuart Tuckwell. How many current Cage Warriors fighters does Peachy think will be in the UFC by the end of the year? Um, 
I think Modestus has a good Modestus Bukaukas has a good chance of getting signed because he's from London ahead of that London card. I think Joy Herbert, who was the featured fighter on our prospects list this year, um, he's a teammate of uh, Leon Edwards. I think that will be his perfect entry. If Leon Edwards headlines London, get Joy underneath him to, to put a bit of a shine on him. Um, I'm also really excited about Jack Cartwright, um, who won the Bantamweight title at, on that tournament in one night. He knocked out uh, Marco Kovacevic and uh, Scott Malone, two former title contenders to win the belt. I, I'm really, because I don't know a lot about him, I'm intrigued to see him. And with a record like that, he could see himself signed. And I also think that Ross Houston is on the verge of signing for someone. Uh, Ross Houston, I believe, is on the is on the verge of signing for mul- like a lot of people are interested in him. Um, I'm hearing uh, Bellator one championship UFC everybody interested in him. So um, that's what I hear anyway. So I'd say four maybe 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 between two and four and hoping for four obviously for the fighter's sake. Yeah, I mean I believe you, uh, but. <laughs> Could, but like Bellator is doing a lot of big things in Europe. Could a lot of those guys sign with Bellator too? Like, does it have to be the UFC, or does Cage Warriors not have a good relationship with Bellator right now? No, there's a bit of a jousting session going on there. But generally, Cage Warriors once you have the Cage Warriors belt, the UFC are going to yeah. sign you. Like, it's it's only a matter of time. I think a hundred fighters have gone from Cage Warriors wow. to the UFC. I doubt there's any other promotion in the world with that uh, that kind of record. It's been it's ninety four or something. LFA um, probably is way up there. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, um, but. What happened recently was that Soren back signed for Bellator over uh, the UFC. That was that was the situation that we were told. Both of the promotions wanted him. Back ended up going with Bellator. He won in his debut against Terry Brazier, a former Bama champion. So usually it was always Cage Warriors to UFC. Uh, I guess back has has broken that mold. Maybe Houston will go on and do something similar, but um, most of the time it goes Cage Warriors to UFC. Someone in the YouTube comment section complimented your Adidas outfit, by the way. Oh, thanks. I'm only wearing the top, though. I have a full tracksuit, but I've got Some, jeans on. His, his exact phrase was, dude on the right is rocking a Jonathan Davis Dave, Davis Adidas outfit. I don't know what that means. I don't know who Jonathan Davis is, but he's obviously very handsome and stylish. Yeah, I assume he's just <laughs> drunk or, you know. <laughs> Ugly. <laughs> All right, let's see. More questions. Because a lot of the questions are just about Connor, which we've talked about a lot. Uh, thoughts on Canadian fighter Jordan Young Gun Mean signing with the Bellator, signing with Bellator. 31 and 12. Uh, jo- so Jordan Mean, I believe, debuted around the same time as Rory McDonald, but he fought at an insane rate. So they had he has far more total fights than Rory McDonald, but they debuted around the same time. I think he debuted when he was still a teenager. He might have been like 19, maybe 20. Uh so, yeah, what do you think about Jordan Mean signing with uh, the Bellator after his UFC run? Well, I think he's a very exciting fighter, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's always in great striking matches. He's great knees, great elbows. Like, I mean, he's just a vicious kind of guy to watch, um, Jordan Mean. So, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great sign. I think they they could stimulate a lot of interest in their younger fighters by pitting them against a guy like Jordan Mean. And if Jordan Mean ends up overwhelming those guys, he'll, he'll be right in the mix there in the division uh, when it comes to the title talk. And look, his name value straight off the bat. Yeah. The fact that we're talking about him, the fact the fans are asking about him, it, it's a big deal. Looking at his record, he, he's also former Strike Force champion. He made his debut, not champion, Strike Force fighter, made his debut in 2006. So Ooh. in the last 15 years, he's fought more than 40 times. Uh, his losses are to, he lost to Jason High back in 2010. He lost to Mike Ricci in 2009. And then Tyron Woodley, 
Matt Brown, Tiago Alves, Emil Weber-Meek, and Bilal Muhammad. So he's not losing to bums. He does have wins over Mike Pyle, Dan Miller, Eric Silva, Alex Moreno. So uh, Cyborg Santos, uh, Evangelista Santos back in the strike force time. So went Josh Berkman, Joe Riggs. So he's been around the block. He's been around the block. And I'm just looking at his his like early records. He fought June. His UFC debut was against Roy, not UFC. His MMA debut was against Roy McDonald, June 2006. He then fought in August, September, October twice, and December. So in 2006, he fought one, two, three, four, five. He fought six times in 2006. Jeez. Not only did he fight six times in 2006, he fought six times between June and December. All you need is an eight-week camp. Don't see the big deal. And then in 2007, one, two, three, four, five, six. He fought seven times in 2007. So in in two years, he fought like 13 times. He's like Travis Fulton. He was trying to. He was out for his record there Honestly. at the start of his career. Was Honestly, he? <laughs> and that's like Travis Fulton wasn't even cutting weight. Like Jordan Mean was cutting down a welterweight or middleweight or whatever it was. Yeah. So, dude is a monster. And pro- I think it, I don't know if it caught up to him, but I remember his knockout of Mike Pyle. Uh, I, God, what card was that? Oh man, I can't remember what card that was. I want to say it was one of those. The it was either the Tulsa or the Albuquerque card. I know Benson Henderson headlined it, but I can't remember if it was against uh, Rustam Kabilov or RDA. And then his loss against Matt Brown, I know, was on the uh, Strike Force. I mean, Strike what's Strike Force. It was basically still the Strike Force card, the San Jose card. Uh, Benson Henderson versus Gilbert Melendez up in San Jose. Uh, I think that had like eleven finishes and twelve fights, something crazy like that. That was an unbelievable card too. I know, of course, but I didn't have to tell you that. You already knew that off the top of your head. You know, I know Jordan Mean, but uh, Jesus Christ, I don't know his ontology that well. I'll tell you that much. My God, what type of bl- what blood type is he? Couldn't on, tell right? you, man. I don't know what type of blood type anyone is. I can tell you when they fought, but I can't tell you their medical history. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Do do do. Oh, interesting question from Hefe01 on the site: Is Tony Ferguson a lightweight George St. Pierre? Their styles and skill sets are very similar. Stick with me here. Both have top tire wrestling. I was gone already, so he needed to say that. Both have top tire wrestling. Both work effectively behind the jab. Both have extremely high fight IQ. Both have impeccable ground and pound. Both have solid jiu-jitsu. The only difference I see is they apply their skills in a different manner. Tony likes to strike more and counter-wrestle, while GSP would would rather wrestle first. I know all mixed martial artists are well-rounded, but am I wrong with my assessment of their skills? Uh, I don't think anyone is like George St. Pierre, and I don't think I've seen a fighter quite like Tony Ferguson. Uh, not to say they have similar skills. They could. They. I'm sure Tony Ferguson could fight like George St. Pierre if he wanted, but those two are so unique in their skill set that no, I, I wouldn't compare those, but I, those two, but I wouldn't compare anyone to those two. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to say when I heard the question first, just Tony Ferguson, like anyone, is just no. Um, oh, yeah. he is complete unique but like the points you've made you're right like I mean if you isolate those things he's right that he does those things as well but I don't see them being similar to be honest at all as fighters I don't uh, I think they're shockingly different actually <laughs> they're, they're, they're extraordinarily different uh, yeah. Alex K. Lee to Mike Bond says you don't want none of Jose Rain Man Youngs or Damon a beautiful mind Martin <laughs> that's just that's a little rude <laughs> Just because everyone's afraid of Alex because he carries guns and, um, you know, he's a steroid abuser, they crush your skull if he met you in person. So, I mean, that's why he's able to talk like that because everyone's going to be like, all right, Alex, don't send your goons around here to step in my face again. So, 
Hope you're doing well, Alex. Please don't hurt me or my family. Thank you. <laughs> Damon says, we would crush junkie guys in an actual fight. I would pick up Mike Bond and use him to beat up the rest of the staff. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of sit on a throne in the background as a final boss in case anything needs to be popped off. Damon also, I think, wants to clarify the Jonathan Davis comment saying he's the lead <laughs> singer of Corn. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Bow, uh, bow. Baka, 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 bow. That song. I know that one. That's it. So I take my face and bash it into a mirror. Image. I am at a loss for words. What, hap- what just happened right now? Just just give it. You see, I know the words of that. You know what I mean? But that's the only, that's the only uh, bit of that song I know. <laughs> so let's recap the last few months. Uh, what did you saw? You sang Dido a few weeks ago. Yeah. And now you're seeing corn. Yeah. Didn't have what's the what's his little name? The guy with the rap? That's not Tyron Woodley. Lil Nas X. Yeah, I don't know his tunes, but next week. <laughs> next week. Can you sing uh what what's what's the what's the UFC's theme song? No, I don't know like like I get excited when I hear it, but I don't know what that man is saying. You get and excited always... when you hear that song, Face the Pain. Yeah, like he's talking about finger painting. That's all I know. Finger paint, did it do did it something that is finger paint, finger paint, finger paint. That song, yeah, that's all I it's, know. I th- I believe he's saying face the pain. He's saying finger paint. Oh, okay. Everybody knows uh, that at the you at the quintet uh, grappling match, it, they did like the UFC versus Strikeforce and everything. They had the teams walk out to music, and that's <laughs> the song Team UFC walked out to. That's magic, man. Finger oh, paint is a great God. song. Finger paint is a great song. So recap: uh, PT is a big fan of Corn. He can sing everything verbatim, <laughs> uh, and he's a big fan of the UFC's theme song Finger Paint. But we're running I out. Don't of have time. any Corn albums. So if you could tell don't me which lie. one to get. Uh, I'll, I'll get one. Don't lie. I'll, I'll download it right now. Just tell me which one to get. All right. Everyone on Twitter, just tweet corn things at Pizza Carol. Let me just see which ones that we have here. Uh, corn with a K, not with a C. Corn with a backwards you... K. Doesn't do that on Spotify. Oh, just okay. straight up normal K. Right. So should I download Follow the Leader, The Nothing, which sounds very positive. See you on the other side. Jesus Christ. Now... I don't think these lads are very positive. Actually, after reading the titles of some of these songs, MTV Unplugged, that's the one I'm getting, lads. Yep. Lovely. Yep. But anyway, we're running up on time. Uh, so per usual, Pizzi, uh, any promo you want to cut or any other songs you want to sing? No, I forgot about the promo again. Shit. Um, oh, yeah. I'll tell you. Uh, this is not a promo. This is just me telling you. What the hell is going on to start a Akira comic book? I have literally read the same... 50, like 25 pages over and over again going, what in the name of Jesus is going on here? And then it gets to a part where it says, there are no people allowed come into level five or something. I'm like, I I don't know how we got here and I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, am I not, am I not looking at the pictures enough? Like, I don't, I don't, I can't follow the plot. Is my, is it because I'm old and I have no imagination? This is what me and Elaine decided last night. You're like, if you were reading this when you were younger, you would, your imagination would be a lot more active and you'd be, you're drawing conclusions from the images and then adding to the dialogue. Whereas I'm just kind of going, I don't know what's going on there, reading the dialogue and then moving on and I don't have a clue. So your promo is, conf- is being confused about Akira? Yeah. 
Akira, as we call her in Dublin. Uh-huh. I think everyone in the world calls it Akira outside of people actually in, in, in Japan. But uh, bring it over to Las Vegas, and I will give you a crash course on how to read comic books, or the people on my on my Twitter can just go after you. People always try yeah. to make try to set up a fight between me and Robbie over at Barstool because he's a, he's a big uh, comic book nerd too. And people are always like, oh, you should fight Robbie. You guys are both I've tall, seen that, actually. Yeah, skinny I've people. Seen- I'm just like, all right, guys, come on now. I've seen you guys trying to be really nice to each other as everyone else is like, Yeah, they're trying, to, they're trying to pick a fight between us. But, uh, yeah, bring it on over. Uh, we'll, I'll give you a crash course on how to read comic books. Uh, yeah. That's going to be a great video for MMA Fighting's YouTube. Pizzy getting <laughs> learning how it's to read. Be live, <laughs> it's going to be A-Side Live, uh, how to read comic books with Jose Youngs. Uh, as Pizzy just goes, Wait, Do I go like right to left? It's, com- it's confusing, right? Like, no, I mean, the start it's really thing, not. It isn't I don't have a clue what's going I on. I bet you started off with the wrong book. I have one. It says one. All right. And it starts off him going, are you number 43 or something? And he's like, yeah, 20, bring it I on. I believe it's 25 or 26, right? It's on his hand. No, it's on, a, <laughs> it's on his not, palm. It's like 43. It starts off, All he's right. like number 43. And then, you know, the main guy is like, yeah, whatever. And then there's like carnage. <laughs> and then he's like, is that you, Canada? And I'm like, Canada? Good God, you even pronounce it like an idiot. It's Canada. So the, the way I said it again, yeah. It's Canada. So then he shows up, and then I'm like, what? And then, I don't know. Who, who are the police with? Because the police seem to be with one of them. Like, yeah, just keep reading, my friend. Just keep, just keep reading, my friend. There's Canada and Tetsuo are the two main characters, and Akira will show up later on. I didn't even know the book had anything to do with Canada, so that's, that's another curveball. Did you think Akira was the guy in the front of the box? The kid on the bicycle? No. The kid on the motorcycle? No, I, I thought like that was like a collective name for the Garda over there or whatever. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, just keep reading. But <laughs> to stick with the theme of this conversation, apparently, uh, Roxanne Modafari, uh, Roxanne Modafari fights uh, Macy Barber at UFC 246. Fellow weeb. Uh, I don't, obviously, you watched the Rising card with... Uh, and, and the Bellator Japan card, where Michael Venom Page walked out with the Naruto gear and the four leaf, the, the not four leaf, uh, hidden leaf village headband and the knife. Uh, Roxanne Mafari has been one of the longtime opponents of anime. She's wearing the Dragon Ball Z wig. Uh, Israel Adesanya does the Rock Lee pose. He did the Death Note, uh, and he summoned the Spirit Bomb against Robert Whittaker. He did the Naruto run before he fought Brad Tavares. And of course, I can't forget Alex Stairs, who's one of the original OG weebs of the UFC. Uh, we're everywhere, and we're not going anywhere. Uh, again, I'm not a bad dude, but those guys are bad dudes. Uh, and Roxanne Modafari fights uh, Macy Barber, UC246. I know uh, PT already said it's pretty much a veteran versus a prospect. I believe Roxanne Modafari has more fights in like the last like two years than Macy Barber has in her entire career. I think she has – so Roxanne Modafari might have more fights in the UFC slash the ultimate fighter than Roxanne – than Macy Barber's had in her entire career. So I love that fight. I think that fight car, that fight is flying under the radar. Uh, I believe that's the featured prelim fight, and I'm very excited uh, for that scrap. Absolutely. Maybe maybe Roxanne can tell me like a few things, you know, because I feel Ooh, like – that'd be a good gonna video. Be, I think you're very aggressive – with yeah. the way you're trying to teach me here yeah. like I, i'm not i don't need that like kind of energy <laughs> i need to be i need to like an arm around me you know sure. i was always more like come on pizza like we know you're the greatest of all time just show us and i'm like all right then and that's when i do my shit i know i have pizza i'm like pizza just because you're always drunk you have bad hair <laughs> you have bad hair you're not the greatest looking guy elaine's only around you because she hasn't met anyone else in her life 
it's a it's dog. No, it's I, no, I, it's no reason for you to feel bad that you can't read comic books. It's actually the the way I keep Elaine is by getting the dog. Therefore, right. it's like a child, and she can't leave now. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Mike Bond says I was the one who first mentioned it, set it up. So yeah, Mike Bond, come find me, UFC 246 Fight Week. If you're there, if not, come find me. Someone was talking that kind of shit to me. I just walk up and loafed him as soon as I saw him. How about when you see Mike Bond, you just go up and push him over. Let's tabletop him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fighting your wars for you, right? Just, uh, okay. just take your beating like a man. I ain't taking no beating. Anyway, for, okay, I'm yeah. Jose. That's Pizzi. We'll see you next Wednesday when we're actually in Las Vegas for, for the A-side. We'll, we'll be sitting next to each other, uh, trying, not to get, trying not to get hands on each other. Casey might have to sit between us so we don't come to blows in, in Las Vegas. Uh, Pizzi, yeah. you can't get drunk that early over in Las Vegas. I believe it's going to be 10 Who says? Who says I can't? That's true. Pizzi does Is that a it. challenge? Is that a ch- <laughs> yeah, that is a challenge. We're going to have to do A-side live right into open workouts. And Pizzi's going to be like, where am I? Just like stumbling around Las Vegas. But for Jose, that's Pizzi. We'll see you next week in Las Vegas. See you.